you got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry. Pulse Welcome to, their to industry. Electric People. We have Dave Madsen on the show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl. Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The League presents Electric People. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Electric People. We've got Mr. Adler Good on the microphone today out of Fresno. How you doing, Adler? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day in Fresno, California. It always is a beautiful day in Fresno, California, isn't it? Best city in California. Hey, man, I'm excited to uh, jump into your story. Um, you should know this. I don't know if Castle told you this, but he, he got me nice and prepped for this conversation. But um, we did a we did a survey a handful of weeks ago with a bunch of our listeners and asked who they wanted to hear from, and you are sitting in this hot seat today because you had an overwhelming amount of requests uh, to have you on the podcast. Did you know that? I actually did not. Um, I remember we didn't want you to get a big that. head. True. Yeah, yeah. I actually did not know that. Um, I filled out for LeBron James to be on here. So I don't oh, know that if was you. Guys you? That it was an anonymous yeah. survey. So you're supposed to put who you wanted to hear from, and then if you had a connection to that person, and you went ahead and left that connection part blank. So, yeah, I, I don't have that connection yet, but um, we're working on it. So, hey, you dream, you dream big, man. Um, no, but I thought it was really cool, and I think I think a lot of people want to hear from you because um, you are one of the youngest leaders in Vivid Solar history. You've grown to be a leader very quickly, organic recruit from outside of the industry. And your performance in our competition series, you've really made a name for yourself there. You've just dominated the competitions. So um, you're 23, is that right, Adler? Yes, sir. Just, just a strapping young so. lad at 23 years <laughs> old. You are 15 years younger than me, man. And you're like 35 years younger than Adam. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys look great, though. I would have never guessed y'all were that old. Hey, man. The, uh, you're the age I was when I came into this industry. How old were you when you came into the industry, Adam? I was, I think I was 24. I just graduated college. So I didn't, I got a little bit of a late start. A lot of the guys start when they're in college still, but yeah, I graduated, got my degree and then, uh, then got moving in door to door world. And got married to the game. The, yeah. uh, I actually, I actually tied, I did come back after that first summer and got like, you know, a quote unquote real job. You know, I got like a 35k salary and some benefits and some bonus opportunities. Yeah, you did. Baller. This, this is living. And then <laughs> I realized really quick that I wasn't making as much as I just made in my four month summer. So I like, slinked right back out. Just a, just a couple old grisly old sales dogs talking to the the next the, talking to the future. The future. The future. <laughs> yeah. But Adler, your story is awesome, man. You grew up in Arkansas, son of a Southern Baptist preacher, college football yes, player, um, sustained multiple injuries, and your 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 transition into Vivint Solar is awesome. So um, maybe talk about uh, the football days. You and Adam probably share this. So um, I know that you, you played high school football and attention, getting a lot of offers and things like that, and suffered an injury. Is that right? Yes. Um, it was actually my senior year. Um, I had just got my first D1 offer from Air Force. And so I was super pumped about that. And um, once you get your first D1 offer, then the other ones like are supposed to start rolling in. And, you know, because it's kind of you've been fact checked by a big school. So everyone just starts throwing them out there. 
And I, it was the end of the season. It was actually the conference championship. Um, I had just gotten a letter from like middle Tennessee. Um, obviously Arkansas was talking to me. Um, and so this is the game. What like, city in Arkansas? Uh, Fayetteville. Fayetteville. I know Fayetteville. Yeah. I did a, oh, I yeah. did a tour in Arkansas. Do you know that? Yeah. That Jordan, Jordan says he always sold my parents every time he sees me. So <laughs> he probably did. He definitely didn't. He definitely didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was the conference championship and I ended up jumping for like a post or something and I broke my collarbone, um, which was like <clears throat> the toughest thing I'd ever went through during that time. Cause no, no, no coaches or anything would, would like text me back or call me back. Um, the air force coach, like just dropped me right then, like blocked my number, couldn't get a hold of them. Like it was no ridiculous. Was just like, Huh? That's crazy to me. A collarbone is not that drastic of an injury. Like that's a very easy injury to bounce back from, yeah. right? I mean, surprised that you were losing offers over I yeah. mean, something pretty minor. Yeah, I was like, we were all pretty shocked over it. I did have to get surgery on it though. I uh, broke it in oh. five places. Oh, geez. Um, oh dang! Yeah, you broke the hell out of that thing. Yeah, I got smacked. Um, the guy hit me you... pretty hard, and the turf, it, the well, turf didn't help you... at all. We want details like you're you're running a route and like a yeah. safety just lift you up as you're going for a ball or did you jump and come and fall and land on it? So yeah, post across the middle. It's kind of like a like a deep deep slant, short post. Um, and I go up and catch it like that and fall on the turf, and then he just kind of like throws his shoulder to me at the bottom, and I just heard it just snap. I'd yeah, worst feeling you could ever get. Man, that's terrible. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, that surprises me that all of a sudden they would just like stop talking to you. But I guess they're looking for someone that could come in and play right away, huh? Yeah. Well, I was I was out for six months, and then I started track, and track was like the sport that I really liked. Um, and so I'd lost a bunch of weight, and I started running back, um, kind of getting my speed going with track. Um, but yeah, I couldn't get Air Force to to talk to me. Like I went all the way up to the academy, like went and did my visit went and met all the coaches like wow. I was ready to I was ready to roll like I was that's where I wanted to go um if like middle Tennessee if middle Tennessee wasn't going to offer me that's where I was going to go um but yeah that was that was terrible I hate talking about that so is that your path because you know in talking to Castle you're, you're humble but Castle's like he could have made NFL teams right and I know you went on to play in college and stuff like that but Stop. Uh, but was that your path? Were you gonna? Is that what you wanted to pursue as football? Um, I could not have made it in the NFL. So let's just go ahead and stop that one right now. <laughs> Castle always says that. Um, but yeah, I wanted to go. I wanted to play um, football. Like I wanted to do the whole college thing. Like um, that was the only thing that was really. I've done that for my whole life, and so I was like, "Why stop now? Let's go get free school um, and ride this thing out and see what happens." So, so you ended up going to um, first. You went to uh, Arkansas or Central Arkansas, and then you went to Henderson State. But you still played, right? Yeah, yeah. So I went to UCA, um, and I was like, I went to a smaller high school, and was kind of used to being the guy there. And so then I went to like a smaller D one school at UCA, and I wanted to play faster. Um, so I left after my first year um, there because I wanted to go to like a smaller school. Um, and so I transferred to Henderson State, and that's kind of where the whole vivid connection came in, um, because Castle's little brother uh, was actually my teammate there. So, 
Oh, really? Because I knew you guys were friends, but that's where the connection was. But you, yeah. you, you broke your collarbone again senior year. Is that right? Yeah. So my career kind of fragile collarbones, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I can't believe it. Um, my career at Henderson was actually going pretty good. Um, like I loved it there. I was getting to play. Um, and my senior year coming up, I was going to be the starter, which I had been playing the whole time and started a bunch of games. Um, and it was like a, it was a scrimmage before the first game of the season. And so the starters were supposed to get like 10 plays. I think it's what it was. Like, cause I, I remember this. And so we get in there, we're going against like the scout team in front of a scrimmage. Like we're just going to go and, you know, you just get your confidence real high before the first game. And I run a post and, um, again, I like kind of like bobble the ball and I fall on it and the safety hits me again and I snap it. The first time in high school, I actually caught the ball. Uh, the the last one, so I ended my football career on a drop. So, <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. Tom Brady's last pass as a Patriot was a pick six. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that happens to everybody. Yeah, some of my friends still mess with me about it because I got like I I ended my football career like against the scout team on like a scrimmage. Like it's ridiculous, but. Whatever. That's basically worst case scenario to end your career. Yeah, right, Ty. literally, like worst case scenario. Um, like, and I had been hurt. Like, I'm very injury prone in football. Like, I tore my labrums too, and so I, it was right before the scholarship kind of cutoff day too. And so my head coach, he like me and my head coach are really close, and so he actually let my keep let me keep my scholarship for the rest of the year. Um, That's cool. Which was like, yeah, that was really big time of him, um, and he did not have to do that. So. Um, that was kind of like the that's the way that my football career ended right there. So, you know, so talk about how you came into talk about how you came into Vivint because um, you you got reached out to while you were still in your senior year of college, right? And Adam, this is a cool story, and you know, I think a theme for for Adler's podcast or for Adler's conversation is just always be recruiting and always be identifying those people that you think would be great at this position because there's a cycle that keeps continuing, but. You're someone who was playing football in college, got injured, and that's where you got reached out to. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I really started like kind of looking around. I had three months, so I was going to graduate, and I had no idea what I was going to do because um, I was actually going to stick around and get my master's because um, I had one year, one year left. So me and Castle had ended up becoming friends on Snapchat through Catlin, right? And we'd never met before. And so I posted on my Snapchat story. I was like, um, I had an interview for like a medical sales job or I can't remember what it was. And he slid up on it and was like, Hey, come sell with me. Slid up in there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, sell what? Like, what are you talking about? Um, and he's like, cause I thought he still worked at the farm. I'm like, I'm not coming out there to sell onions. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, He's like, come sell solar with me. I live in San Diego. And so I'd never been to California before. And I'm like, okay, I don't have no idea where San Diego is. Like, I didn't Google you it. You guys like, barely knew each other at this point, right? I mean, you were Snapchat we'd never friends. Talked. We'd never talked before, ever. Like, yeah. And this was only, what, like a year and a half ago? A little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right about that. And I remember he said, like, because I was like, yeah, like, I'll check it out. And he said, you're not down, bro. And I was like, I'm down, like. <laughs> what do you mean? And so he's like, well, here, like, give me your phone number. And so I like text him. He's like, Hey, it's castle, blah, 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 blah. And so he called me 
And he's like, yeah, like it's door to door, like we're selling solar. And he's like, all right, well, I'll get you in touch with um, Turnbull, Taylor Turnbull, and he'll call you and we'll kind of sort everything out to see if this is like a good fit for you. And so I was like, okay, like, you know, whatever. So they sent me like a Google Calendar invite for Turnbull to call me and he misses it. I'm like, okay. Um, And then he actually misses the second one. He's like, dude, my bad. Like I'm on a plane, like I'll get you. And so I'm like freaking out. Like I'm like, you're thinking it's like the air force all over again, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, I tried. Um, And then you were, you had a glass collarbone. We weren't sure you could hack it. (laughs) For real. Hey, they're metal now though. So that's all. (laughs) So he ends up calling me and it was just like, Hey, like, come check out San Diego. Like we'll fly you out there. Like if you like it, like let's, let's see where this thing goes. And so like I talked to him and I'm like, dude, they're going to fly me out there. Like this is insane. Um, And the whole time I'm like secretly thinking, I'm like, this is where I end up getting scammed in California and I'm on skid row. Like (laughs) that's like the thing in Arkansas, you go to California for the job and then you get scammed. (laughs) They say that's Um, how they get you. They get you out to the West Coast and that's where they get you. Yeah, honestly. So I, I remember I called my parents and I'm like, hey, like I'm going to do this job interview. And they're like, okay, cool. Like, what is it? I'm like, it's selling solar panels. And my mom's like, what is it? My mom has no idea what that is. She's like, uh, like, where is it? I'm like, it's in California. And they're like, what in the world? How did you even hear about this? Like, they're thinking the same thing. I'm like, no, it's cool. It's Catlin's older brother. Um. Like they're flying me out on Wednesday and it was like a Monday. And so I was like so pumped and I wouldn't have been able to go if I was still playing football, obviously, because it was in the middle of the season. Um, and so they, they fly me out there and it's like the craziest recruiting story ever. Um, I get to like the San Diego airport, right? I go out, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like it was the first time I flew all by myself. And then they've so got uh, a kid from Arkansas tied, just rolling in the big city. That's yeah, right. Honestly. And so they're like, yeah, we got your rental car. We got your hotel. I'm like, dude, this is the coolest thing in the world. Like I felt like I was getting wine and dine. And the only, here's the funny thing though, is the only rental car they had was like a Camaro, like the SS, the brand new one. Um, it had like six miles on it. And so the guy who's working the thing, he's like, um, he's like, yeah, this is your rental car. And I'm like, dude, you're messing with me. Like, And so, like, just a kid from Arkansas, I hop in this brand new Camaro. I'm driving around San Diego. Like, I put my favorite song on. I'm just like, dude, this is is like a a whole new world. Like, this is the new me. You got your hair flowing in the wind, dude. I know you got it tied up right now. I know you had it loose and flowing in the wind. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had to. But driving through San Diego, I was like, bro, this is insane. And then they text me to come to the meeting. and that was actually the first time I met Castle was going to the meeting. So um, just got there and he's like, dude, you actually came out here. That's insane. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, it was funny, too, because Castle told me he's like, he's like, I think he thought he was applying for the job and not being recruited. And it's funny in our industry, huh, Adam? Like sometimes we do that where it's like, hey, I want to talk to you. So come out here. And a lot of times we don't think like, I hope the leaders that are listening are, are, are making mental notes of the people on their contacts list, like Adler, that they should be contacting, right? Like people that are, that are really sharp, that would do great at the job. But sometimes we, we take for granted the fact that 
if if we have somebody that we think will do well, right? You get this kind of treatment. Like, we'll 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 bring you out. We'll take care of you. We want you to see the opportunity. Um, but often, you know, we come out and and, and we, we have this recruiting mindset rather than kind of like this applying for the job mindset. Right. Is that what you thought, Adler, when you came out? Yeah, because like all the guys are like, so like, well, I went to the meeting. And they're like, so when are you coming out? And I'm like, wait, did I get the job? Like, yeah. what's the interview? <laughs> like, what's uh, like, what's going on? And they're like, like, when are you moving? And I'm like, oh, so I guess I got it. And Castle's just <laughs> yeah. like. Like, just, like, just shut up. Just stop talking. Like, um, but it was a whole new world. Like, I was like, these guys are like, there's a different energy. There's a different, um, like, these people live life different than everyone I know. And, like, back south, I'm like, whatever this is, like, whatever my buy-in fee, whatever it is, I was like, I'm in. Like, I'm I don't know what they're doing exactly. Like it has something to do with solar and then it has to do with door to door, but like I'm, I'm sold. So, um, crazy story. I forget about that. I was, I literally asked him, I'm like, do I have the job like at lunch? Well, it's funny to think that that was only a year and a half ago, man. Like the fact that, you know, that, that since that time, since he kind of spotted the talent, brought you out since you were open and ambitious that, you know, a year later or a year and a half later, you're helping run, <laughs> One of our, one of our, you know, consistently top six, top seven offices. Um, but one of our, I mean, you guys won the flagship division of the bigs uh, in our most recent competition. Like your, your life has been kind of a whirlwind since then. But I also think it's funny that, uh, you know, when you first came out there and met, you guys were in San Diego. Since then, Castle got promoted to run Fresno and calls <laughs> and says, hey, it's Fresno, not San Diego. Right. And is it true or untrue that he had to Venmo you a thousand dollars while he was on vacation in Cancun so that you could drive out to Fresno? So there's a, there's some truth to that. And yes, there is. <laughs> um, the story has been changed like a hundred times since I started here. Like, so I told my parents, I'm like, Hey, I'm moving out here. I'm driving. Castle's like, Hey, we're going to Fresno instead of San Diego. And I was like, dude, I don't care. Like, let's go. doesn't matter. I was Wait, like, hold on. You got to catch me up. So did you actually start selling in San Diego or did you start in Fresno? In Fresno. So I went back to college. Okay. You, and got I was recruited, like, you got recruited to San Diego initially. Then you went back to college. And then when you came out at, during that time, that's when Castle got promoted to run Fresno and then, or to help run Fresno. And I don't know exactly how it's set up out there, Ty, but, um, and then he just says to you, Hey, plot twist we're going to fresno it's just as beautiful don't worry it's absolutely <laughs> gorgeous just as beautiful as san diego you, in fact it's better like you're gonna love it you know what i mean so That's he it was like a, a week before i'm supposed to drive out and he's like hey dude like i got promoted um i'm gonna be in fresno like you can come with me and like i'll let you crash uh, with me or you can still go to san diego if you want <clears throat> and i'm like well like it's still in california right and he's like yeah and I'm like, oh, it can't be that much different. He's like, dude, it's like three hours away from San Diego. It's going to be so fun. And so I'm like, okay, perfect. Like, let me type it on my maps, Fresno, California. And you know, start like seven hours, six hours, you know? Yeah, the huge difference. Adler, it's like coming from Arkansas, Fresno probably is a better fit for, you know, what you're used to or yes. where you grew up. So it probably was a little bit of, you know, fate that you ended up there and it ended up being a perfect market for you. No, yeah, for real. Cause I remember I was going through like the mountains or whatever and I'm like 
this literally looks just like Arkansas. It's farms, like, and so it's like a big, it's a big Arkansas. It's the perfect city for someone to move from Arkansas to California. And like, it's not complete culture shock. So it was like a per, it was match made in heaven. Is what I always say. Uh, for me to come to Fresno. So Adler, when you first started though, um, you know, they were building an office out there. I mean, you were the only combine rep. There was like eight <laughs> people total and like you and Spencer and a couple other people were, were brand new. I mean, yeah. it's not like, I mean, you went and saw San Diego and then you thought you were coming. I mean, San Diego has 70 to 90 people on the team, uh, you know, given the, given the, on any given quarter. And then you show up to Fresno and it's probably a little bit different than what you saw in San Diego. So what was going through your mind and what opportunity did you see when you got to that first meeting in Fresno? Um, Castle had been a DM for like 15 minutes, right? Yeah. So like I show up to Fresno and Castle's not here, right? It's me and Spencer Anderson out here knocking doors in Reedley. Um, and then we go to the first meeting and I'm like, what there's like six people there right and there's no one my age um <laughs> like literally no one like the closest person to my age is spencer and castle i'm like okay like it's not the same thing but it is i guess like i felt like a little bit sad about it but i was like um and then the office was like it was dead like no one was loud it was so boring meetings like no one wanted to go to meetings like we didn't watch league TV, um, which was like a huge selling point for me. I'm like, league TV is like, was the coolest thing to me that we had like our own like ESPN thing whenever they were recruiting me. Um, and so even Castle shows up and he's like, what in the world? Like, he's like, let's throw league TV on. And they're like, what? And he's like, Oh my gosh. Like, let me just, and so Castle just like takes over and um, just, brings the juice from day one. And so that's just kind of the thing that it was just us three at the beginning. Um, us three versus the world. Um, and yeah, it was so dead. It was, it was insane. I, uh, I know I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but my buddy Scotty is out there too, right? You know, Scott Anderson. Hey, that's my man. Is that your guy? Yeah. He's, he's, he's the guy. I love Scott. He's a good dude. Anyway. Yeah. He's one of my favorite guys ever, but, um, I was going to ask you, so two things. One, um, with your college football background, and I don't know if you if you felt this too, but practices for me were always even more intense than even games sometimes because you're always just fighting for playing time and fighting for your spot, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, it kind of sounds like we had similar college experiences where like I was good enough to start, but I was also – constantly fighting for my playing. Like I had a kid that was always trying to fight for playing. I'm in my same spot. Right. So, um, it's just a, like, you're never able to just like, Oh yeah, we're just going to go practice and just like learn some yeah. plays. Like every play is being analyzed and graded and, and it's yep. really stressful. But, um, do you feel like that college football background specifically, um, just has translated directly to your success with this. And it does seem like um, athletes tend to thrive in our environment. And can you just kind of talk about that? Cause I know like we, we recruit athletes all the time and obviously mm -hmm. you don't have to be an athlete at this job, but like for anyone who knows someone who is an athlete that is thinking about sales or 
you know, thinking about changing careers, like how do those skills translate and directly apply to what you do? Well, that's like, so this season before my senior year, right, I'm supposed to start, um, it's spring practice, right? And so we bring in a guy from a big D1 school. He's transferred from Minnesota. He's the receiver, like he was their good receiver. He got into some trouble. And so he came down to a smaller school. And first day of spring practice, they pit him ahead of me, right? And so it's just a thing that coaches do to like make people like he's a guy from the bigger school. Let's, let's give him the, the spot on the first day. Um, and I remember I was like, no, like this is not happening before my senior year, the spring practice, right? Um, and this guy's better than me. Like he, he has better hands than me. He's, we're about the same speed, but he's just way more smooth with his routes. I mean, he's like a natural born receiver. And I was someone who just worked at it very hard to like get myself there. Um, Cause I wasn't very like a fluid receiver. I'm kind of stiff. Um, and so they bring him in first day of spring practice. And so I'm like, this is terrible, right? Like senior before, like the year before my senior year, like I'm supposed to go off. I'm supposed to have my good year. Um, and so like every day after practice, I'm sitting there catching like a hundred balls, running routes, and he's going to the locker room every single day. And so by the end of spring practice, I actually beat him out. I take the starting job and then he transfers to another school. Um, because some you disposed block, Yeah. Some kid ended up beating him out for the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like that it's like that every day, you know, every day at football, you're getting filmed, you're getting graded, like, Hey, you graded out at like a 79%. I'm like, dude, I scored like four touchdowns yesterday. What do you mean? He's like, well, you were being lazy on all these plays. Um, and so it does put you in like a, a constant grind mode where it's like, Hey, like every day I've got to show up and pay the piper. Um, uh, almost like a rent is due every day kind of mentality. And so when you come out to a job like this, it's like, hey, you get a cancel or like, hey, I've had 15 people yell at me because um, I started in North Clovis, which that's a pretty tough market to start in as a beginner. Um, it's just like, OK, like whatever, like I've gone through worse things than this, um, like on to the next person. And so I've had that mindset. I feel like my whole career here is like, OK, someone cancels. um or, you know, I bageled for two days. It's like, okay, well, today I'm gonna, I can just find one person today. That's all I need to just get my momentum going um, and get my juice back. It's kind of like forever grateful for my experiences with football and the competitiveness uh, because it does teach like a mental toughness. I feel that is that every day you do have to show up. Well, there's so many parallels and it's, um, I think, especially with this job, just have short memory. I mean, football, you get beat all the time and you can't sit and dwell on it, right? Because you have to be ready for the next play. Um, I actually had a similar experience with slightly different results, though. I had my, I graduated college, but I had one more year of eligibility. And so, and I was married. And um, so I was trying to decide if I was going, you know, and I knew I wasn't like going pro or anything, right? So I'm just like, do I stick yeah. around? just play another year of football and take, you know, some garbage elective classes or whatever, and just, you know, basically dink around. And then that spring, a kid from Colorado, University of Colorado, same thing, got in some trouble, a kid named Marquise Harris, transferred to our school. 
And this kid was, um, he was like first team all pack 12 or whatever it was back when I was there. And, um, he ended up getting drafted the chargers the next year. So I, so I ended up, once he transferred to the school, I like saw him in the, in the weight room one day and I knew he played my exact same position. And I remember going home and telling my wife, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm I'm good with moving on. I think it's time to start my door to door (laughs) career. (laughs) I didn't do that. I didn't do the sticking around after practice catching an extra hundred balls. Like I was, I saw one look at him. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm good, and I'm gonna yeah. go start my door to door career. And then this kid just crushed, you know, for a year and got yeah. drafted in like the second round of the, of the draft the next year. So I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have saw the field and just had a miserable senior year, you know. So. I- that was a anyway. good call. Hey, Adler, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about competition for a second because since since you came in, I'll, I'm going to rattle off kind of your your competition results here. But literally, since you like right when you showed up, fresh out of combine, you were straight into a competition. So for our listeners that don't work here, we have uh, quarterly contests. So we'll have one in quarter one, two, three, uh, and then we'll do some sort of different incentive in Q4. And they're all big and they're all fun. Um, and I'm interested in your take on them, like what you saw coming in. Uh, you know, as far as a lot of us are kind of spoiled and we've gotten used to these incredible competitions with these incredible incentives. Um, but I'm interested in your take on it. But number one is you, you kind of made a name for yourself in the first revolution. So that's a, that's a team of four, right? But you were fresh out of combine, like days out of combine and it kind of put together a team of what was available right at the time. Right. And you ended up getting second place, uh, in the revolution first contest ever. The rally was next. Rally is a one-on-one bracket-style tournament. And you got second in your division in the rally. And that, that's two seconds in a row, Adler. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, yeah. But then, <laughs> then we do the bigs. And the bigs is our like, massive contest every year where it is team against team. We have 60-something teams um, nationwide. And you, you guys uh, won the flagship division, which is... I mean, that's, that's our top teams are in the flagship uh, division. And there's a flagship plus for some of our massive teams. Um, but you guys won that, right? You also won the back at it incentive, got a trip to Nike headquarters. You won the West Coast bracket of, uh, of the rally this year, right? And it's currently on pause for COVID. So you guys are in the championship round right now, and it's been paused. You won the Memorial Day incentive for the entire company. You sold more than anybody else in Memorial Day. Uh, and then you won the West Coast Goat uh, in the rally, and uh, then went up against Dave Madsen, and, and that's what happens when you go up against Dave Madsen. But to hear yeah. Dave Madsen like okay. shout you out in interviews and things like that, dude. Since sure. you've shown up, you didn't have like ten years of of past experience like I had when I came to Solar. Like you were brand new, so that you have performed incredibly well in every single contest. So. Talk to me about how you view competitions and what they what they mean to you at, at this company. Um, well, the first one was like I looked at the the trips and I'm like, well, I've never been to Utah, I've never been to Vegas, and so that was the one and two to win those. Um, and I just remember I'm like, so you're telling me if we score more points to them, they're gonna fly me to Utah? And Castle's like, yes, please win. Like we need to get Fresno on the map. I'm like, okay, like let's do this. Like, 
And so I pin us all in a group text and like every day I'm texting these three people, like every single day, I'm like, guys, we're so close. And so we get lucky, we win, we get lucky and we are the worst team there. A hundred percent. We're not supposed to be there. Um, <laughs> we get a really good seating in the company bracket and then we just, just barely sneak by. Um, and I remember the first time they put me on league live. I mean, league TV is uh, it was a Friday and we're down by like 16 points to, I think it's some team in Florida and I go out and get four ACs. And so Castle's like calling me. He's like, dude, that was your first time I ever got four ACs. Um, and so the next Saturday I go and I start at eight and I close all four of them. Like just welcome call, welcome call. Like I'll get some lunch and then welcome call, welcome call. I get into my car and I'm just like, let's go. Like I call <laughs> Castle. He's just as hype. Um, I ended up booked to vacation. So we, we lost the championship round, but still went to, uh, went to Utah. I was like, dude, this is like the most insane thing. I went, I made more money than I was going to. And then I got a free trip and then like league TV, like shouted me out. They'd like hit me up there, like flexing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like, that was like a big, like a moment for me at Vivid. It's like, I was like, Oh, like this, this place is the real deal. Like, um, they like showed it or whatever. And I was like running around the office. Like me and Castle were like chest bumped. <laughs> it was sick. Um, and then the other ones, like, I don't know. I just, they're so fun to me. I'm like, Hey, here's my chance. Like, uh, like I go and look at the prizes. I'm like, okay, like, you know, let's skip one of these. Um, so yeah, that letterman, that one was tough. Cause it was a guy in our office who actually beat me in the championship. And so, but, mm. and then the big, yeah, I think like, it's, sorry. One of the things that I always say is, you know, I, I like that you looked at it and, and, I always say welcome the the effective distractions, right? So these things are here to kind of break up the monotony. They're here to make the job fun. It's a direct sales job, right? But if you can make it a game, right? And yeah. I think it's awesome that what I'm hearing is you just bought in. You just bought in and said, yep. hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chase the experience, which, you know, as, as I'm, I'm excited for you, man. You're, you're so young in the industry, but as you continue to excel, you're not going to go to Utah. You're going to go around the world with this company. Right. You're going to see places that you you can have these experiences. Like, I mean, we've been like in the back of like these little tuk-tuks in, in Thailand, like petting tigers and stuff. And it's just, it's the craziest thing, but I love Same. the mentality of, you know, you look at the prizes, you, you go in, you get people hyped up around you, which is incredibly valuable for a team. Like the, the service that you're doing your team, the service that you're doing the company, seeing a new guy come in and dominate, it benefits everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's great for you for earning potential and for reputation and things like that. But look at where the team was when you did that first competition, it was a handful of guys that were quasi selling. Right. And now to yeah. see where it is, you guys are dominating in your bigs winner. So sorry, I cut you off before the bigs, but you were, you were going to talk about that. Um, yeah, with, with the bigs, but like those competitions, I'm like, well, I'm already going to work anyway. Right. Like, I might as well like try and win it. You know what I mean? Like I'm already here. I'm already working. Like I might as well just, you know, jump full ship into this thing. Like, and you know, let's see where this thing goes, but the bigs, right? Like the energy was just insane. Um, we lost like a couple first round, um, 
games. And then it's just crazy to see like a whole office, like come together for like one goal. Um, even people who like, uh, they don't work all the time or like they like focus on other things. When you bring everyone together, it creates like an insane atmosphere. Like one of my buddies um, who came out here, I recruited him during that time. He's like, dude, what in the, he's like, what is the bigs? Like, what are y'all like, I'm, like, why is everyone freaking out about this thing? And I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. Just go knock. Like, come on, like, go get a welcome call. We got to figure this out. Um, and so it's just, it, that's what it is. It, it breaks up the, like the constant grind of it to where it's like, Hey, like now I've got this boost of energy. Like I'm cranking all day, like 9am, you know, I'm drinking an energy drink. I'm listening to my pump up music and I'm like ready to hit a door, like just, just psyched out. Um, and then um, the bigs and then the back, Oh, the revolution. No, the back at it one, the back at it one, they announced that. And me and Castle actually driving in the car to go get lunch and they announce it. I'm like, dude, the winner's going to Nike. And like, we look at each other and we're like, cause me and him are in the same division. I'm like, dude, I'm winning this. Like, like yeah, this, is, like, this is a private tour, a private tour yeah. of Nike head for, for just getting back. for just getting back in the swing of things after a break. Right. So, and that's the thing is I'm like, I feel like no one's going to like grind for this. Cause like everyone had their like families kind of thing. And so I tell Castle, I'm like, dude, like I'm, I'm going a hundred percent to this one. I was like, I'm going to Nike. Like this will be my one chance ever in my life to go to Nike headquarters. Cause you got to know someone to get well, there. Right. For people that, for people that have never been, or maybe are even outside of the company listening or that are in the company. To me, the Nike trip is the best thing that we do as a company. Like that's, I think, and I don't know if you feel the same way, Ty, like it's literally the coolest thing that you can win in any of these competitions yeah. is the night because it's such a unique experience and it's very it's so exclusive like no one you can't just go to nike campus it's a private campus like you can't just drive it's like espn out here like you can't just drive to espn and go like check out espn and go walk around the campus like nike's way bigger yeah. than that even and you, you can't just drive up to nike and go you know rummage around the nike headquarters like it's yeah. it's invite only there's a tour, you're meeting people, you're meeting executives. It's like, it's, and, and then the shopping spree at the employee store. I mean, it's incredible. And just seeing like, and I don't know if you guys did this when you went, but like sitting in the room where uh, Ty didn't, we, we sat in the room where like they inked like the LeBron deal where they did like mm -hmm. all these different deals. We were in that same boardroom like, you know, doing our meetings and whatever. I mean, it's just insane to like think about, right? So I'm always shocked yeah. when we do these Nike, the Nike one, which only happens once, twice a year, maybe. And guys should be killing themselves for this. Nike was life-changing. Like LeBron's my favorite player ever. And so like I wore my LeBrons. Like I was like, hey, maybe I'll see him. I didn't. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember it was like, it was like 930 and um that night for the championship night and i'm like no i was actually down by 12 points going into it and so like monday i go two and two like two acs two welcome calls and i'm like okay like i have a shot to win this and so i actually came back and the last night um i did a welcome call at like seven and so this was during this was like in february so it's dark and i'm still knocking i've got like a light a flashlight 
and I got my last AC at like nine fifteen, and like, um, well, actually, the one before that failed credit, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna lose on a failed credit. And then I went and got another one, but I ended up winning by like three points, so I didn't need it. But I was like, I can't, I can't get second, or like, I can't get third in this one. This is one that I have to win. Like, that was like my screen paper, like, I mean, my wallpaper, like, I had it written in my mirror, like, I'm like, Nike, like, for these two weeks, there is nothing more important than knocking doors. The, uh, um, the crazy oh. thing about this story is at the time, um, you know, you actually, you actually had kind of before this lost your way a little bit as far as, as far as the vision of the company, right? Like there was a time yeah. and everybody goes through this and I actually, you know, I actually love talking about it because if, if reps haven't gone through this yet, they need to be aware because it's going to happen. And if leaders haven't dealt with reps going through this yet, it's going to happen. But you came in like hearing your story, you know, first time on a plane by yourself, which I love, like you're like an adult, like a college football player. Yeah. It's my first time by myself. Like, like you get little wings and someone escorts you off the plane. Um, but, oh, I <laughs> but asked the, everyone. Uh, I'm like, hey, where do I go? Like, what do I do? I'm new here. Yeah. Here's my ticket. Um, but you know, you come in and you just win everything and your team grows and you're super happy and you're earning well, and you're having this incredible experience. I would look at this and be like, man, this is life changing. But mentally that's not what happened a hundred percent. You had a bit of a distraction where, uh, yeah. you got a little bit disenchanted with the company and you had competitors and you were actually considering leaving to a competitor. So maybe, yeah. maybe walk us through what happened mentally there. And that was before the back at it incentive. So all that stuff yeah. was going on in the background when you decided to commit and win the back at it. Yeah. Like I got to, uh, like, I thought I was the man, like, like I, like, I thought I was like self-made kind of thing. like everyone, like they come out here and they're like, Oh, like I did this, I did this. Right. When, and that's just what it was. Uh, it's actually such a crazy, crazy thing and how much has happened since then and how much I have grown as like a person to realize that like, there's always going to be someone better. Right. And, um, but that's what it was. Like, I thought I was the guy I was like, I don't need this. I don't need that. Um, and like, that's kind of, yeah. So it was terrible times for me, but I did like learn from it. And I do think that a lot of people, like when you start to have like a little bit of success, everyone's like, you know what? Like, I don't need this when in reality, it's the reason why you got there is like, I'm like spitting back in the face of what got me to this situation. Um, and actually I talked to Turnbull on the phone for a good amount of time. Um, and so that was kind of one of the things that he like helped me see talking to your brother, talking to like other guys in the industry. Um, and then talking to like people outside of the industry and no matter which way I told it, it's like, Hey, like Ather, what are you doing? Like this in you. Um, to come and to have success and then to think like, you know what, like I don't need coaches. Like I'm better than the system. Right. It's kind of what was going through my head, which was completely wrong. And like, I've really like hate talking about it, honestly, cause I'm like so embarrassed. Um, cause I like, if you like ask like my family members or my friends or anything like that, like, I don't feel like I've ever been a person to do that, but it's, um, like whenever you like start, you know, like, you start making money, you start, you know, just, you just feel like you're invincible almost. And you're like, you know, what? I don't need all these people. Like I can do what I want. Like, this is my thing. Like, 
I don't need anyone. It's kind of how I was feeling, which was crazy. Um, and then like, I went through like a lot of stuff, like fighting, um, fighting with castle, fighting with basically everyone. And I was like, you know what? Like no matter what happens, um, I wouldn't be here to this day if it wasn't for the people around me, like the closest people in my life, they all work with the same company. Like if I need something from someone, I can call castle. Like, why would I ever, you know, kind of like betray him almost. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm in hundred percent. I don't care if I like ever get promoted. I don't care if, you know, me and whatever happens. Right. I was like, I'm, I'm in, like, I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me kind of thing. Um, and so that was like right during that time where I was like, um, like I felt like I needed to like earn Castle's trust back kind of, and even Jordan and Devin's. And I'm like, you know, if I win this competition, they'll know that I'm, I'm a hundred percent in. And so that was another one of the things where I'm like, you know what, like. It's amazing how similar this job, and I always tell people that our company is the closest thing to being in a sports organization as you can be in. And it's really interesting because you see players all the time in the NBA or the NFL, those two sports specifically, where they'll be all-stars or they'll become all-stars on one team. And then they, you know, get this opportunity for a big contract and take it and they go be on a bad team with a bad yeah. program in like a year, they're relevant. Like they're not even a, you know, they're not even like a top 20 player anymore. They're not even like a top tier player anymore. And they severely underestimate the value of the coach that they had of just the entire culture of the team they were on, the program, their teammates that are all bought in and um we see it all the time with our company where guys will leave and within six months or three months or you know a year they are you know you'll run into them and they're just like god i miss working with you guys so much and yeah. a lot of guys that leave will end up coming back and then they're then the story is I wasted a year of my life. And on top of that, I was on this incredible career path with you guys. And then I had a, now I'm back starting over again, you know? And so I think from that experience that you had, just the fact that you were able to kind of recognize it before you were too far down the path, I think is, you know, still something to be grateful for. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it is incredible. Like, I'm always, it, it, I came from another company as well. Um, when I came to Vivint and I always like watched Vivint from afar and I would kind of like tell myself these stories, like, you know, like we're just as good as them. Like we do this, that, whatever. And then all of a sudden I come to the Vivint family and it was like being traded from an average team to a championship team. And just the culture yeah. was different. The way we talked, no negativity from the leadership. I mean, just everything from top to bottom was just so much different. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm a top tier player. Like I'm as good as these guys. I've just been on the wrong team for nine years or a couple of years right. or whatever. Right. And confidence starts growing. So it's really interesting to hear you, you know, kind of talk about that. Um, I did want to ask you though. So you have like this, I mean, obviously we don't know each other very well, but it's obvious you have a really incredible competitive drive that's just like innate in you or like that you have. And um, people that win 
like these sales competitions, like I don't think you maybe quite understand like how unique and special that is. There are 1800 sales reps in this company. There are a thousand sales reps, you know, 900 to a thousand sales reps on the West coast. You're, you know, you're winning out of all these guys. There's a lot of competitive guys. Like you, you clearly have like this extra gear that most people just don't have. Where do you feel like that came from? Is it something that you've cultivated throughout your life? Was your dad or mom really competitive? Did you have some sort of event in your life that just gave you this chip on your shoulder? Like where did that competitive drive and that extra gear come from? Um, I wouldn't say my parents are like super competitive, but I've all, they've always been like, Hey, if you're going to do something like, let's just do it. Like, right. Like let's do it right. And let's, um, yeah. And so that's just one of the things where like when these competitions come in, I'm like, Hey, if I'm here, like, let's just win it. Like, um, like it's only all day or it's only a week or it's only a month kind of thing. Like I can set aside, this is going to be my focus. Um, like during the, the West coast goat competition, like that was the, that month was the longest month of my life. Like I promise I worked eight to nine hours almost every single day. Um, and then taking Sundays off, obviously, but to go against, um, like Jeremy Atkinson, then Terry Xanthos and then Dave Matson, it's just like, Oh my gosh, when does it stop? Right. Um, but no, I wouldn't say, I don't know. Like, I feel like I haven't always been like crazy competitive, but it's when I got here, it's like something I'm passionate about. And I would consider myself like a very passionate person. And then to be in like an industry and behind like with a company to where I can be a hundred percent passionate. I've got people in my corner, like behind me, who's going to be behind me no matter what, who are also passionate. It's like a place where I'm just like, there's no walls um, like I can literally go 110% of this and I'm not going to look like an idiot doing it. Um, where in some things where if you do like invest everything into and you do fail, it's like, man, I shouldn't have even tried that hard. You know what I mean? Um, or like you try and distance yourself from like you losing with in these competitions. If you lose, you still win, right? You make more money. Um, I mean, it's, it's a win, win, win situation. I think that's kind of where like the, the extra gear comes from. I'm like, Hey, worst case scenario is I install an additional home. Right. That's a really yeah, cool way to case, think about it. Yeah. What are, I mean, you're 23, you've got to be making an absurd amount of money for someone your age. <laughs> um, I hope that either one, you are picking the brains of these guys that are, you know, making a lot of good money and doing really smart stuff with their money. But, um, have you done any dumb stuff yet where you blow it, you blew it on, you blew it on a car, you blew it on. I mean, I saw you wearing a nice watch, like Adler, yeah. like stop your money on dumb crap, dude. Like what's the, what are you, what are you blowing your money on that? We gotta, we gotta get Ty and Jordan reining you in a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I, um, when I first got here, I'm not gonna lie for the whole year. I just saved everything. Right. Like my expenses were super cheap. I didn't buy anything. And then kind of at the end of the year, I was like, you know what, like, I'm going to get myself a, like my dream, the two things like I've always wanted, like, and like people have always told me like, I'll never get, I remember I took like a Facebook thing. It's like, what are you going to end up with one day? And it was like, you're going to have a Tesla. This was when I was in like 10th or 11th grade, I think. 
um, like a Rolex, all this stuff. And I'm like, and I remember someone commented, they're like, yeah, right. Like some stuff like that. Um, but I, I wouldn't say I'm terrible with my money. I would say I'm not good with it. Um, I do have some stuff invested away and then, um, we're going to pull some, pull the trigger on some rent houses soon. But, um, but yeah, I, I bought a Tesla. I got it like murdered out. Um, and then, yeah, I did buy a watch. So those are the only two dumb, (laughs) dumb investments so far. Well, those two things can also be tools of production because your buddies are going, what the heck is Adler doing, man? So, but yeah, I yeah. get that money working. Anyway, yeah, that's really I gotta cool get when you were when you were speaking about um, you know how you said you were embarrassed about the the you know the mentality of when you thought you had done it by yourself. I, I would encourage you not to be embarrassed by that. Um, I think everybody, everybody that's a distinguished leader has gone through that. I know very personally mm-hmm. what that feels like. I think Adam knows exactly what that feels like, and yeah, I think all of your leaders that you. Yeah, all your leaders that you look up to and respect know what it's like. Again, it's not something to be aware of. It's something to be aware of. It is going to happen to right. you if you start success. And you have to learn how to deal with it the same way you have to learn how to deal with failure, the same way you have to deal with losing. And you've done a great job. You know, you said, even if I lose, I still win. Like, what's going to That's a different mentality. But I think you get to a point where, um, you, you know, you, you said a lot of profound things where you said, okay, I'm in hundred percent. I don't care if I get promoted. I don't care, whatever. This is, this is my family. This is my team. This is, this is where I'm going. And what that does, you got promoted shortly thereafter because there was an opening in your office. You had added more value and you weren't focused on things for the wrong reason. And so the right things just naturally happened. But I, I, I right. appreciate you. I just want to say, I appreciate you sharing that story because I know you're open about it. Um, but it's really important for reps to know that at some point they are going to have to make that decision. They're going to have to look around and say, why am I here? And they're going to have to look and hopefully you got two paths, right? You can either say, yeah, I'm a direct seller. No one's out here with me. I'm here hundred percent by myself. I'm making the company all of this money. If you didn't have mm-hmm. me, you wouldn't have all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you could look at it and say, oh my, I didn't think of this idea. I didn't raise this capital. This warehouse is not in my name. I'm not paying the W-2 for these electricians that are installing. If I fail, it's not my personal name on the hook for all of this stuff. I, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's crazy to, to think about. And so I want to do something with you really quick because I actually don't know if you know your complete lineage of recruiting. And I know it, uh, but you were born in what year? Uh, 97. 1997. So when you were oh, yeah. when you were nine years old, just in in Arkansas, just out there, just just developing your little man muscles out there. When you were nine <laughs> years old, I had a, a really good skating friend that I used to skate with all the time. His name is Kevin Radabaugh. Kevin Radabaugh that year signed up to do his first summer with me. That was in uh, we went to Minnesota in two thousand seven. You were ten, right? Kevin Radabaugh was a really good friend of a guy named Devereaux Smith, who I tried to recruit for five years, right? And he never did it. He had all these different business ventures. We became friends. Finally, uh, in 2000, maybe 15 or 16, Devereaux came to California and joined us. Devereaux was doing a project with a man named Castle Keeler, who came on board, who then reached out to you via Snapchat, when you were, were mending a collarbone, yeah, yep. and thought you would be good at it. 
Uh, it's funny because when I was talking to him last night, Castle goes, he's my solar baby. He's my solar baby. Yeah. I just birthed him, <laughs> you know. But he, yeah. uh, I think the point is, man, you're, you're at this point in your career where you've done a lot of really important things. You've learned a lot of really important lessons and you have so much ahead of you. But the thing that I get from your story is reach out to people that you think would be great at the job and give them the same opportunity because my, my lineage is the same way. Somebody reached out to Eric Mealy who recruited me, who then we started just hanging out together and all of this happened as a result. So if anybody is listening to this and wants to get into leadership or doesn't take time every single week to look around at the people like you that would be great at this job or you yourself, start reaching out to those people because it only has to work with one Kevin Radabaugh before this trickle down effect starts happening. And, and ultimately this is gonna benefit generations for you. Your life will be forever different and those that you reach out to all because of the importance of, of making that, of sliding into those DMs, man. You gotta be careful which yeah. DMs you slide into, but. <laughs> Very true. Very true. It's just crazy for me to think that, you know? Yeah. So stay at it. Stay at the recruiting. Um, hey, man, you, you spent like an hour with us, dude. This has been an awesome conversation for me. I love talking to the, the, the future of this company. I think, I think you're grateful. I think you're humble. And I think you're fiercely competitive. What's your life goal? I actually know what it is. What's your life goal? You know what it is? Uh-huh. So <clears throat> life goal is to be 40, chilling on the beach. So that's the goal. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to transition into politics, hopefully after this. Um, in 2036, that's the year, running for president. So Adler good for president, dude. Are you uh, keeping yeah. the man bun? I don't think you can do it without the man yes. bun, dude. You're Sam. That, it's my token now. Um, I grew it out one day and like it's just been my thing since. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be 2036, first president with the man bun. So, um, <laughs> that's it right there. It's what the it's what, it's serious it's what America needs. Yeah, it's what America yeah, needs. So that's so funny because Castle texted me. I talked to him last night, and he texted me at the end. He's like, "Oh, and his life goal is to be the president of the United States." And the thing that I said to him is, I texted back. I, I need a screenshot and send it to you. I was like, "Well, America needs him." I literally said that exact same thing. No, but yeah, it's kind of dude. This is just step. Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of like halfway kidding. It's like a kidding. Sorry, it's a thing that me and Castle kind of like joke about. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think that's how Trump ended up in office, too. I think he kidded about it for a decade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for real. There it is. Hey, well, you got one vote with me, dude. The, I'm, I'm not a person you have to worry about voting for you. If I could just submit it now for 2036, I'll probably just do that. Just write you in. Hey. Get people used to it. We should. Yeah, I'm going to do it this year also. You know, just go ahead and just get them get ready get for it. So, Yeah. Getting ready. But, uh, hey, man, well, you've had an impressive run so far, and I'm, I'm really I'm really grateful for you and for what you've done for Tribe. Uh, you know, the production is really inspiring. The competitive nature, the the lightheartedness, the strong mental attitude, man, it, it's, it's benefited so many people around you. I've been impressed by you, man, and I'm really excited to see what you um, continue to do. So uh, thanks for being on the podcast. That. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been another episode of Electric People. If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, check us out at viventsolar.com forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.